You're listening to WhamTats, the only show where tats get whammed. Thanks for listening to Waffles and Mates talk about things. Hey, Waffles here. Before we start the show, just like to let you all know that we have a Patreon, www.patreon.com slash whamtats. If you want to come and support the show that way, that would be appreciated. Like these lovely people, Brad from Fate of Ison, I love you. Jaysha Drake from Podzilla, I love you. Bachelor Katharina von Pampelsetz, just from being an awesome person, I love you. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present, I love you. Samsara at Gamers ADHD, I love you, and Michelle Gersh, I love you. If I've said any of your names wrong, I do apologize. As part of being a Patreon, you can uh, suggest to me what you want episodes on. Uh, so this was an episode suggestion uh, from Michelle. So yeah, let's let's get on with the show. Uh, so that was www.patreon.com slash whamtat for all your giving me money needs. Uh, on with the show. Pew, 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 pew. Hi, Waffles here. You guys wanted an episode on ads. I don't know anything about ads, so I decided to go to the local university and see if there was anybody studying ads, and I found uh, Blavid Blassenbler, uh, who is a famous psychologist here at the University of Christchurch, uh, whose whole PhD, thesis, doctorate, whatever, uh, is all about advertisements and how they work and why they work and, and all of that really interesting psychoanalysis, you know, get into your brain sort of things. And, and so, uh, I, I did an interview with him and here it is. Uh, so I'm going to kind of cut to the interview with Blavid Blattenborough, uh, which is going to be talking about ads. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, hello, David. Thank you for. Uh, sitting with me today and talking about advertisements with the great uh, Wantat listener. Uh, why, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Uh, so, David, could you just tell us a bit about what, in your professional sense, is an ad? Uh, well, an advertisement is anything that is... Uh, psychologically primed in order to part a human being from resources uh, that they otherwise would not have wished to part with, uh, such cases, of course, being for products and or services, uh, where you will see an advertisement advertising something to you, uh, like this cheeseburger that I am currently uh, holding in my hand. I am dairy, uh, I'm lactose intolerant. I do not eat dairy products. I, of course, am famously a vegan on, on top of that. Um, but I saw this advertisement saying, eat a cheeseburger or die. And I thought to myself, I, I don't want to die. Uh, and so I went into the establishment and I was like, one cheeseburger, please. And I gave them my money. And they gave me this uh, cheeseburger, and uh, now now I have it. Uh, and uh, when this interview is over, I shall eat it, because I do not want to die. Of course, this is the other property of, of advertisements, is not only uh, will they be trying to persuade you in order to part with your resources, 
for something. They'll also be promising something on top of that, either uh, that the product and or service will be of benefit to you, or it will help uh, mitigate some negative effect. Uh, so thus, uh, they said, I, do you want to die? And I was just like, no, I don't want to die. And then they ate a cheeseburger. Uh, and, and thus, now I am in ownership of a of a cheeseburger and $15 poorer. Uh, and and so we've we've been studying this in in uh, humans uh, primarily as we seem to be the only species on the planet that are uh, susceptible to advertisements we tried to uh, advertise uh, to to lab rats in in the uh, laboratories we we would show them uh, we would uh, of course separate them into two groups the control group and of course the group that we are uh, monitoring and uh, we would show them advertisements for different types of cheeses uh, and then we would play the cheeses out for them and see if there was a noticeable effect into what cheeses the rats uh, preferred. Uh, and uh, we showed that in both groups, they just ate the cheese. Uh, and and so we would show some groups uh, advertisements for Gouda and say, this is Gouda stuff. Uh, and the rats would just eat whatever cheese uh, they liked. Uh, they would just really not have a preference statistically. Uh, and so we decided, well, maybe maybe rats aren't aren't the you know, aren't susceptible uh, to advertisements. And so we tried this in other creatures. We've tried it in uh, chimps and, and bonobos. And we've shown also, you know, uh, we had advertisements for bananas. We said, eat the banana. It's yellow and looks like a penis. And uh, the the chimps would eat it whether they had seen the advertisement or not. This this seemed weird uh, to to us. And so we decided we would uh, emulate these same studies in, with human populations. Uh, and so we took these students here on campus uh, and we would show them the ads for Gouda and say, this is Gouda stuff. And uh, students would be like, mm, Gouda. And they would give us money uh, for the Gouda cheese that we had brought with us. Because uh, uh, this helps, of course, fund the, the studies. And so we took that money and we went and we bought some bananas. And then we went to students and we said, look, this is a banana. It is yellow and shaped like a penis. Uh, and students would give us money to eat the banana. Even though uh, the bananas were just there for the taking. Uh, and so when we did this to the chimps, the chimps would just take the banana and eat it without giving us anything else in exchange. Uh, but with the students, we had the bananas and we're like, look at, look at how banana this banana is. And they would, they would give us money for the banana. And we thought to ourselves, we could make a product out of this. And then we, we went to countries that were selling bananas and we were like, we, we want in on the banana trade. Um, but they were like, no, these are our bananas. Go find your own bananas. I'm like, no, we found bananas, and they're your bananas. And so what we found was that if you took militia groups and you paid them money to go and foment a coup in countries uh, where their, one of their primary exports was bananas, what you could do was you could oust the government in in that country and replace it with a government that's sympathetic to you that would allow you uh, to grow bananas and then sell the bananas. Uh, and no, we, we tried doing this with rats, uh, and it didn't work. Uh, rats don't form militia groups. They don't form countries. Uh, they don't have uh, political organizations that we have been able to yet determine. And, and so when we tried to foment revolution among uh, populations of rats, uh, unfortunately, no effect. 
uh, the, uh, the rats in the control group and the rats not in the control group uh, will just eat the bananas that we gave them anyways. They wouldn't form political structures or, or anything like that. Even uh, when we would try to supply arms uh, to, to the rats, uh, we're like, here, have a, have a gun. Uh, the rats uh, would just eat the banana, uh, which, of course... Uh, was revolutionary in the entire scientific community when we did release this this data um, that you cannot foment revolution among rat populations. I, I think this was as this this amazing breakthrough in in the psychology of of advertisements, the psychology of uh, our relationship with the animal kingdom. Uh, what you saw was a lot of companies that were built around the idea of somehow politically trying to get rats to form uh, coalitions and political organizations so thus we could supply them with arms and cause revolution so that we could steal the rats' resources. Uh, this was not the case. That, uh, you know... Rats didn't do that, and so a lot of companies that were built on that premise went under. Uh, a lot of people pulled funding, they stopped investing, uh, and the companies quickly moved um, from rats to humans, uh, which, of course, did foment a few issues, uh, especially around the firearms themselves, as, as a lot of these firearms were, of course, produced for rats and with rats in mind. And so you might have seen what they called the tiny wars, uh, where we would go into uh, Latin American countries in particular, uh, and we would supply them with the weapons that were otherwise intended for the rats. Uh, and, of course, at this stage, a lot of these guerrillas, uh, and we talk about guerrillas in terms of the uh, military militia and, of course, the military tactic, not the actual animal. We tried to do this with uh, the animal, and we found that, ironically enough, uh, that the lowland guerrilla does not form guerrilla uh, tactics uh, when they are fomenting their violent revolutions. In fact, they don't even foment violent revolutions at all. Uh, and so we tried, We thought maybe the word guerrilla came from the lowland guerrillas, um, but it uh, turns out not the case. Um, although that was good because the the weapons that we had manufactured for the lowland gorilla uh, were roughly human sized and and able to be functioned by humans and thus we were uh, able to give that to uh, the human gorilla bandits uh, as well but they also would take the rat weapons as well the little tiny uh, weapons that were meant to be uh, bore for rats and they would use those and what we'd find is we'd get very very tiny gun battles uh, that were actually really ineffective, uh, that that weapons designed to, uh, for rat revolution don't scale uh, to human revolution. Uh, also, a lot of uh, science came out of this, that uh, we found that uh, to have a successful coup and overthrow of the government, you need weapon size proportional to the species which is doing the coup, which currently what we found in all of our exploration with animal subjects are humans, are the only species on the planet that is susceptible to violent coups. And so this is what we've decided to do now, is move the studies away from animal test subjects, uh, where we found little to no evidence at all that anything that we were doing to them was actually of any uh, value. Uh, not just in violent revolutions as well, even though you know there was a lot of money being channeled into that. Um, but other things as well, like 
food cosmetics uh, you, you know you would have famously heard of uh, animal testing of cosmetics and a lot of that was trying to sell the idea of cosmetics to these animals uh, but rabbits in this case were uh, the the test subjects that we decided to see hey can we get a rabbit uh, to give up some of their uh, food uh, for makeup Especially, you know, the famous breeding like rabbits thing. We could, uh, you know, rabbits want to look attractive to their partners. And so what if we tried to sell them cosmetics in order to help enhance their features in order to potentially win over a mate? Um, but we found rabbits just didn't go in for that sort of thing. That uh, for some reason we think rabbits might have really good um, body image, uh, really a lot of self-confidence, and thus they don't really find the need uh, of, of of makeup in order to enhance their appearance. Uh, so rabbits really confident. If they want a mate, they'll just go out and find them, and uh, then they will breed like rabbits without the need of makeup or uh, lingerie. Very un unsuccessful there, trying to get rabbits to wear lingerie. It just um, didn't didn't take off, surprisingly enough. And, and so we took that lingerie and we decided, what if we try this on humans? Uh, and we would, you know, go go to a human and uh, would say, hey, you, as as a human, uh, would you like to have sex? Look at the sexy rabbit. And weirdly enough, we found that if we tweaked the rabbit slightly, if we anthropomorphized it and gave it some human features... Uh, and then we dressed up this human-rabbit hybrid in lingerie, uh, is that quite a significant portion of the population would pay us money uh, to have sex with this rabbit-human hybrid abomination uh, that we created in a lab. And this was surprising to us. We wouldn't think that humans would go in on, on this. Um, but in a lot of the research that we, we did... We found that anthropomorphic rabbits were a fetish for for humans. Who would have thought it? Uh, and that this, of course, breeds out in uh, popular media, where there's a lot of anthropomorphic uh, hu human rabbit hybrids that really, for some reason, uh, human, especially human males, but not not exclusively, uh, find attractive and would like to attempt reproduction with, even though uh, with the, the hybrids they are infertile and as such are incapable of reproduction. Uh, but it doesn't mean that people will won't, won't at least attempt it. Uh, and so this was, of course, groundbreaking research at, at the time, especially then if we combined it with the violent overthrow of governments. Uh, what we found was that the governments that instead of wearing body armor, but wore sexy lingerie instead, actually had a 95% chance of surviving a coup attempt, especially if instead of violent uh, revolution, uh, we brought about a sexual revolution in the populace instead. And and, and thus, of, of course, if we uh, took away the military uniforms and uh, presented instead the lingerie, and, of course, the cosmetics and makeup as well, instead of the weaponry. We found that instead of violently murdering each other, the opposite would happen. In fact, we would have these large orgies break out instead of the gun battles. Uh, we'd now have orgies where, uh, instead of 
violent murder and overthrowing, uh, we would instead nine months later find a spike in in the population as, uh, you know, the, the ensuing pregnancies. Uh, and this was, of course, even without the anthropomorphic rabbits thrown in, we, we decided we would take those out as a factor and see, would humans still breed even if the rabbits weren't a factor? And uh, surprisingly, if you put a dictator in lingerie and take away all their guns, people will still fuck. Uh, and yeah, and that is pretty much where uh, my research on advertisements currently sits. Uh, that was the latest paper that I uh, have just released, my uh, master's thesis, which I am currently in the uh, process of defending uh, from the uh, doctors here at the university uh, of the sexual viability of violent dictators and what it's got to do with advertising and how we can use that to sell bananas. And we found that whether it is through the violent coup and overthrowing of a government for a more sympathetic government that would give us bananas, or whether or not it was the fact that we could foment an orgy among the population, thus to distract them so that we could go in and steal the bananas, Either way, we ended up with a surplus of bananas that we can now go onto school campuses and be like, look at this banana. It is yellow and phallic. And uh, students would give us money for it. Uh, and thus, I, I think that was some good uh, good academic time and, and resources spent. Uh, and uh, yeah, and so thank you for coming in and questioning me on uh, advertisements and the psychology of thus. And so I'm hoping that your listeners will take something away from this, especially if they have a product and or service that they would like to advertise uh, for for people. Um, and that hopefully this research will go towards making the world a more advertiser-friendly place. Uh, and so I, I appreciate the interview. Uh, I thank you for the hard-hitting questions and the discussion that we were able to get into. And uh, now, if you don't mind me, I've got some uh, bananas to offload and some uh, some rats uh, to go try some lingerie on. Uh, uh, so thank you for having me. Goodbye. And so there you have it. Uh, that was my interview with uh, Blavid Blattenborough, uh, all about ads. Uh, so I hope that you now have a better understanding of advertisements and how they work and why as a podcast I would much rather be supported by you the listener giving me money directly through Patreon as opposed to greedy corporations uh, giving me money to advertise their products because whether it's dictators with guns or dictators in lingerie either way I'm very deeply uncomfortable with both of those things and so yeah um, but if you've got any suggestions for episodes that you want me to talk about, head up the Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash whamtat. Uh, give me your suggestions, and just like this, I'll make an episode. Uh, thank you, I love you all, goodbye. Pew, 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 pew.